Green is brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glynis Crook. Although it still feels like we're very much in the depths of winter, spring is not too far off. And as the flowers begin to bloom, so bees begin to emerge from their hives in search of pollen and nectar. I was surprised to learn that there are 20,000 bee species around the world. But both here and elsewhere, these crucial insects are having a tough time. So I'm joined now by Mike Allsop, a senior researcher at the Agricultural Research Council's Plant Protection Research Institute. Mike, you look particularly at honeybees and you mentioned that beekeeping is under threat why is that the importance of honeybees is because they are the primary pollinators of almost all our commercial crops ours i mean everywhere in the world commercial honeybees pollinate 95 percent plus of commercial crops which means that growers they hire bees from commercial beekeepers during flowering time to pollinate their crops and without those hired honeybees they would not have as good a crop production or their farms would not be sustainable. Which means, despite the general perception that honeybees are threatened and honeybees are going extinct, that's a fallacy. It's not true. There are more honeybees on the planet now than they've ever been, and next year there'll be more still. But keeping those huge numbers of honeybees comes at a cost. You need forage and safe sites and food. The grower only sees the honeybees for two weeks in the year, but the beekeeper has to keep them alive for the rest of the year. As the landscape is transforming and changing, it is becoming more and more difficult for beekeepers to find safe places and profitable places to keep their bees happy and fed. So beekeeping is becoming ever more intensive and artificial where beekeepers are having to keep their bees alive with artificial food and in very high densities. And as we found out in COVID and things like that, keeping everyone close together is a recipe for disease and problems. And that's what beekeeping is seeing around the world. But surely it must place a lot of stress on bees to transport them across the country like that? Undoubtedly. Every time you move bees, you hurt them. You Pollination colonies, transported colonies, they lose two weeks of production or 10 days worth of production every time you move them. Definitely moving bees actually has a negative effect. I wanted to pick up on the point that you made about the food. I read that a lot of beekeepers now are feeding their bees on basically sugared water. Surely that must have an impact on the way that they pollinate? Or the way that they make honey? Well, the reality is that beekeepers are being forced to keep more than really the environment can sustain. This so-called beekeeping crisis or pollination crisis in the world is essentially that the demand for pollination is increasing 10% or 20% a year because everyone wants their cherries and everyone wants their berries and their nuts and all their, their, their good food. And that can only be produced by high-intensity bee pollination. And that means we are keeping ever more bees, but at the same time, there are more and more people on the planet, so the land is becoming transformed and lost and forage is being lost all the time. So the only way to actually balance the books is to actually uh, use nectar and protein substitutes to actually sustain them. And yes, that can be just normal pure sugar or it can be variable carbohydrate sources. Does that have a negative effect? There's no question. You know, if you spend your life eating only white bread, that's going to make you less than healthy. Typically, honeybee colonies will feed on a vast array of different food resources. And if we have a situation where you're really just feeding them one bulk food, definitely that makes them vulnerable. So what would happen if they disappeared altogether? I don't think that's likely to happen. 
honeybees are the ultimate generalists and personally I think uh, when everything else is gone, the honeybees and the cockroaches will sit, sit at the table and decide what to do. But if honeybees were to disappear, food production would be dramatically impacted everywhere around the planet. As I say, 95% plus of all commercial pollination is done by honeybees. Would man go meekly, you know, you get this, this entirely made up fictitious Einstein quote that if bees died, that man would follow in four years. I don't believe for a second that would happen. plan, And people would come up with alternatives and systems and we would change our farming. But the world would be a very different place without honeybees. If a person wanted to try and make life nicer for honeybees, what could they do? At a personal level, you can support your local beekeepers. You can buy local honey. If you have access to forage, if you're a farmer, if you have land, you can make it available. Unfortunately, honeybees are the ultimate public good. Beekeepers cannot keep bees on their own land. They require public land and they require access to public land. And that's why everywhere in the world, bees are managed sort of as a biosecurity threat or biosecurity risk that national governments look after bees because the loss of the bees actually threatens the entire country. So the major factors that impact on honeybees in South Africa are providing better forage, sustaining our forage, dealing with theft and vandalism. So the number one thing that people can do is get involved in policy and government policy making because we have no such policies in South Africa to manage honeybees and bees and, and beekeepers are just actually left alone to bumble along and without definitive and imaginative protection measures to actually support the beekeeping population, we will always be at risk of a big collapse that will impact on the honeybees, will impact on the beekeepers, will impact on the growers, will impact on food security, will impact on security. Boring stuff there. Thanks to Mike Alsop, Senior Researcher at the Agricultural Research Council's Plant Protection Research Institute. And that's it for this week. Till next time from me, Glynis Crook. Take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. 